Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now, here are your hosts Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. You have tuned into episode number 481 of Linux in the Hamshack, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. And this episode is our Weekender. It's the 96th edition of the Weekender, so we're really creeping up on 100 of these, so we're glad you tuned in. Hope you're having a good evening or a good day whenever you're listening to this. And we're going to dive into our topic here really quickly, but before we do, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. All right, so as you know, if you've listened to any of the previous few weekenders, we now do a random topic choice. It could be anything, literally anything. Well, not literally anything. We have about 26 choices, but the topic can be of a genre that covers all forms of uh, activities, including amateur radio, including Linux and computing, including science, and also hedonism, so... We've had a few technical topics over the last few weekenders. I'm I'm kind of hoping for something along the lines of hedonism. And every time I say that, we don't we don't get <laughs> we one. get so, a technical topic. Right. Thanks. Yeah. You yeah. should hope for a technical topic, and then you won't <laughs> no, get one. <laughs> no, I, but I've already said the other thing, so it's it's it doesn't matter. It's <laughs> so anyway, let's go ahead and find out what our topic is tonight. I've loaded up the random picker wheel, and I've done the five. Uh, randomizers on it and here let's click the spin button and see what we get and of course it is not a hedonism topic (laughs) (laughs) and of course we are not doing this with any kind of research behind us so we're going to have to fly off the top of our heads and we'll see how we do but the topic for tonight is single board computers other than the Raspberry Pi. Oh, good. I'm out. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> well, you still have stuff peace. to do later. So yeah. you can peace out for a while. You can play with the dog or whatever and, until we get down to the end. This this may be short considering, you know, I'm not sure what's really new on the horizon. But I guess we'll talk about what we know about. There you so, go. So single board computers other than Raspberry Pi. Well, there's lots of them, and I don't know. I, I think we'll, for the sake of this discussion, we'll skip things like Arduinos because while they are single-board com- computers, I don't think that's in the spirit of what this is about. Um, I think we're talking about... <laughs> Slightly different. Slightly yeah, different. the things you can actually run like a full-blown operating system on, kind of computers, not not Arduinos. Yeah. Which are usually like per-task-oriented kinds of things, single single use case type things 
So um, the one that springs immediately to the mind is the one we used to talk about back when we talked about pies all the time, which was the beagle bone. Uh, yeah. Is that thing still a thing? I believe it is. The beagle bone uh, still appears in many places. In fact, uh, my son, who's a uh, who's a mechanical engineer, <laughs> just sh- uh, sent me a picture of uh, <laughs> of a controller for a HVAC system, a commercial HVAC system that basically. Uh, runs on a beagle bone <laughs> and uh yeah he says the markup on these are ridiculous <laughs> ridiculous like in a good way yeah well yeah, well not to buy i guess to be the consumer actually has to buy them no it's not good at all because <laughs> they're <laughs> way overpriced for uh for what you get because you are literally getting a you know a beagle bone black <laughs> inside of this uh device that costs uh you know probably a couple thousand oh yeah obviously that's horrible <laughs> So yeah, that's that's the one that springs immediately to mind. Was uh, uh, in a close competitor and uh, one that always got mentioned, sort of alongside the Raspberry Pi. There's also the Odroid. Yep, I've had one of those. I actually still have one. The C3, I believe. Yeah, I think it's a C3. And uh, yeah, that, that ran really well. I think we actually used that to um, to run the uh, run the the screen one year at uh, at Tamvention. Well, in the first years we had the screens there, I, I loaded up the Odroid with uh, Ubuntu Mate, I believe it was, and uh, it, it ran okay. It was a little, little anemic, but uh, but yeah, you know, pretty good. It's pretty much a Pi compatible, uh, Pi compatible board. I think the one I had was at least most of the uh, you had the GPIO pins and everything else. Yeah, these are all like form factor different, right? To the like, they're not. If you had like a pie hat, you couldn't use them with the other ones. Yeah, I think some have some level of compatibility with the pies to you know that way you can reuse those boards and stuff like that. Some do not have have a compatible you know, you know plug in architecture, so you have to use separate boards, or you have to just kind of you know make your own little translation <clears throat> through uh, pinouts and stuff like that or cables. Yeah, which is not that difficult i guess because all the headers are well defined and it it would be easy enough to just create like to use like a ribbon cable or something and you know match the header pin for pin so but the the thing about the raspberry pi and i don't know if this is the reason this topic is on the wheel but because everybody's been using them for everything they're impossible to find <laughs> and uh yeah overtly pricey <laughs> if you right. can even find one and so, again, I don't know if that's the reason for this topic, but if there are some alternatives out there that might be available or more available than a Raspberry Pi, maybe this will help somebody out. I did see doing a quick search, there's a company called Versalogic that puts out single board computers. These things look way more robust than Pi's and Odroids, and they're apparently ruggedized. So, whatever, you know, for whatever that's worth, they have a bunch of different versions. Some of them that some of them that look surprisingly like a Raspberry Pi, like the Tetra, to other ones that look like they have attached GPUs and all all kinds of stuff. So I, I hadn't even heard of Versalogic until like a key click ago. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to search around because I I kind of went through this. Um, I, I guess I talked about this a few weeks ago, or maybe even last week. Um, you know, I, I was trying to replace a project that I had some Raspberry Pis going on, and because I couldn't find them, I switched to basically a microcomputer because <laughs> it was just it was just uh, cheaper and more available, and uh, you know, basically 
you know, it has everything except for all the, uh, the pinouts and stuff like that. You know, if you're using it just as a computer and not really using it to, uh, you know, craft on anything that uses that, uh, that hat architecture, um, you know, you can go to like a, just like a micro computer, which, you know, that, that, that at least takes care of the desktop part. But I think for, for doing the microcomputer task or not microcomputer, but like a you know single board computer task with like the, uh, with the hats, you're kind of locked into using the pies specifically or, you know, something pie compatible. Right. And you're talking about literal PCs that actually have like, yeah. Yeah. Super tiny PCs. Yes. <laughs> kind of like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. like the Intel NUC or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The NUCs and, and stuff like that. And those have, uh, have not cu- quite gone up in price. So, um, those are definitely alternatives for really small and, you know, some are low power, some are not as low power. That's the nice part about the Pi is they don't require, you know, a ton of power. Uh, so they're, they're really good for these projects and, um, trying to find an alternative is, is a bit dicey. And, you know, I'm, I'm to the same thing as like, well, yeah, you can start Google, go to your seed studio and go to, you know, all these places and, and see what you can find. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think there's some slim pickings out there right now. So which ones did you get? The which the computers the, the I got? micro the little computers yeah what were they uh something crappy cheap off of Amazon um <laughs> they're called uh, let me just go to my Amazon account let's <laughs> see what I ordered <laughs> it's definitely not a brand name thing uh let's see orders here we go orders I know it's in there I bought uh a mini PC <laughs> it's called the B Max B Max mini computer. Uh, four gigs of, uh, RAM, 64 uh, gig EMMC, uh, comes with HDMI VGA port, source ports, uh, M2 boards as well, SATA SSD, 4K HD gigabit ethernet, and of course has, uh, 2.4, 5.8, uh, dual band Wi-Fi, Bluetooth 4.2, and I got them less than $100 a piece, but it only has like a Celeron in it, so it's not like a stellar performer, but for what it's being used for, yeah, it's super, super, super easy. And it's AC so powered? Just, was, yes. Yeah, it just plugs right. Actually, it has a, yeah, yeah, AC. Yeah. I forget what actually the power that goes into it. It's, you know, a little wall wart. So it's probably like 12 volt or something silly. Well, 12 volt would be, I mean, similar to what a lot of those things, any, anything that has a transformer in it that converts AC to whatever. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah, usually yeah, not so straight. It just has the wall wart. So, yeah. So okay. I have found there. a couple just, other just, ones here. Go ahead. Um, there's, uh, something called the Asus Tinkerboard. Oh, with, yeah. Yeah. That has a quad core 1.8 gig processor in it, two gigs of dual channel RAM, 16 gig MMC card, Wi-Fi, but it's a little on the pricey side. It costs $150. So, and then now there's the question, one. Other, can you get them? <laughs> well, that's true. I haven't looked up availability on any of these things. We're just talking about alternatives. And I did find another one called the Libre computer board, uh, also known as Le Potato. <laughs> and uh, I don't know about availability on this one either. It says it's $55. And it has a GPU built in, 2 gigs of RAM, USB, fast Ethernet. Well, it might be kind of old. Uh, HDMI, micro SD card slot, and an MMC interface. And there's also the... You do bolt, U D O O, or you do bolt, something like that. Uh, AMD Ryzen okay. embedded, 
AMD Radeon. So this is a AMD based, obviously. So I oh, wonder if I wonder if this thing's well, even. You do have the you have the Nvidia Jetsons too that have been out for a little while. I'm just trying to see. Yeah, there's no stock availability on those either. <laughs> okay, uh, I just I just looked your this seed up. Studio. The Hudu Volt. It, it was listed as $67, and the one site that I found that sells them doesn't have any in their 500 <laughs> So, yeah, interesting. There's also the uh, Pine 64. Um, they have a board. It's called, like, the Rock Pro, I think, Rock Pro 64 or something like that. I'm not sure on availability of that. I'm just checking their website right now. It says there's some available in their current production run, but, yeah, I don't know what those cost either. Yeah, unfortunately, with... Uh, yeah, whatever supply chain or whatever you want to point at <clears throat> has kind of uh, ruined the structure of uh, the pricing of these things. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And availability as well, because there is no availability, basically. Yeah, they're really cool if you can get them. Yeah, the single board computers. <laughs> yeah, Steve, <laughs> I don't know what more we could say about that. <laughs> Steve in the chat room said, you know, they're pricing and short supply for the older twos and threes. He finally bit the board, the bullet and ordered four. I don't know if that's twos or threes, but probably paid more than 40 or 35 bucks for them, which I guess was the going rate before everything went to hell. <laughs> um, so maybe this is a timely topic trying to figure out how to, how to get hold of some of these things. Cause it's nigh on impossible. It's like once upon a time when I said, oh, I want to spin up another, you know, all-star node. Well, I just order a Raspberry Pi 4 and plug a Sherry into it and voila. Well, not quite that easy anymore. So, and uh, Dan, early on in the conversation when I was talking about the Arduino, said it was the difference between an SBC and a microcontroller, which actually would have been a much more succinct way of saying what I said. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, he said it in order to Pi 4. So, so, Steve, are you willing to tell us what you paid for your Raspberry Pi 4, or do you want to keep that confidential to uh, save your marriage or whatever? Yeah, <laughs> super secret source of available Pi 4s. Right? Well, you don't have to tell us where, but I'm kind of curious what they're what they're gouging people for these days, since they're supposed to be about, what, 50 bucks, 50, 55, something like that, depending on how much RAM is in them. Yeah, it depends on where you buy them or whatever. Or like, yeah, because the eight eight gig model and the four gig model are more pricey, obviously. Yeah, right. Because they used to get them at was it like Element fourteen or and some of the other sites that. So he bought the kit with the case. So yeah, yeah. So a little over a hundred with with board kit and case. I mean, that's that's not horrible, horrible. And at least you got one. So <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> Canakit. Let's see, Canakit has the two gig models in stock. Uh, uh, only the starter kits for one forty nine. So that's can of kit. Does Adafruit have any? I think if you're looking on Amazon for these oh, things, so. the can of kit's like the only way you can buy it. You can't just buy a stock board. You have to go to the other sort of makery sites to buy the the boards if they even have them. Yeah, that's what I'm going through. I'm looking at uh, you know uh, Spark Fun and Adafruit and Pie Shop US and stuff like that too. And <clears throat> Definitely, uh, definitely looking like there's availability issues still. So yeah, out of stock. Yeah, not good right now. It's not good to be a well. If you've collected a lot of these, like a lot of people have, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some people have lots of Raspberry Pi fours. I uh, I still have a three and a four here. No, well, I got my four back finally. So the one that still works. So <clears throat> I'll probably put that back in service here for something to do with. 
Yeah, he got his on Pie Shop. Yeah, so. PieShop.us. That's where I got the last two that I got. I wonder if, let's see, Raspberry Pi boards. I'm looking there right now. I probably, we probably shouldn't be talking about this, like giving out like any information about where these might actually be available. But let's see. <clears throat> well, buy them. Get them. Buy them all. Yeah. <laughs> Resell them. Make, make some money. Get them on eBay. <laughs> They're all listed as notify me. So, yeah, no, yeah. no stock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, the, the single board computers, I mean, I guess, I, what is our topic really? Just single board computers? Yeah, it was literally just single board computers other than the Raspberry Pi. We were trying to. Uh, oh, okay. Other than that. Okay. Yeah. Because the Raspberry <laughs> yeah, Pi oh. gets all the glory. I mean, that's all everybody, you know, ever talks about. So. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. Um, I mean, I actually had, a, I had, a, I had the Odroid before I ever had a Pi. So, um, so I guess I started a little differently into that area. So, <clears throat> but, um, we, I mean, for tinkering and stuff like that, we basically use the Arduino for most of the, that kind of stuff. I don't think I've done any, any actual, you know, coming off the header pins and stuff like that with, with either, any of the devices. Uh, I haven't done that except in the case of a hat, some, you know, a literal, some, something plugs on to the GPIO pins. Oh, I, well, Unless you want to count a case where it runs the fan off like pin three or something like that. I <laughs> well, guess. I have a screen that plugs into <laughs> well, yeah. so. TFT screens. Yeah, those work. Oh, I guess technically <clears throat> I have a Pi because isn't the Nano VNA isn't that uh, built on a Pi? So I, I, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, I guess I could rip my part my Nano VNA and then I'd have another Pi. <laughs> <laughs> not worth it. Not worth it. But maybe you can buy a bunch of nano VNAs. Not really. <laughs> well, actually, they're cheaper than what he paid, than Steve paid for his thing, because they're because uh the one with the bigger screen's like ninety nine, but the smaller one's only like sixty. Oh wow! I get it. You can just hack the market now. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me see if the nano VNAs have gone up in price because of uh, because of the chip thing too. So let's see, yeah, nano VNA. Funny. Still showing six, 69, yeah, fifty nine bucks for a nano VNA, and I'm pretty sure those sit on top of a pie. So, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Hacking the system. That's a that's a pie with a fancy screen and a. Uh, well, the thing is, it comes gotcha. with a TFT a TFT screen and a pie, and it's fifty nine ninety eight. So you could just, I mean, the whole thing is hackable anyway because it runs off a SD card. So you could just put Linux on it. <laughs> I'm sure it's running Linux mm. anyway, but I mean, you could, you know what I mean? You could just put your own. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Did we just, did we solve the crisis? <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> I almost want to order one of these now. <laughs> I don't need it. <laughs> I mean, for 60 bucks, you might as well. I'd be curious to see. I'm, I'm thinking about throwing one in the cart too, just to see if I can rip it apart and see what's underneath. <laughs> but. It's kind of flat too, so it must be like a was it like a Pi Zero or something. I don't like that know inside? if it's a Pi Zero inside of there. I can't. Well, I guess Pi Zero might have enough processing power to handle the VNA, but I don't know. I don't think you can't. There we go talking about stuff we have no idea about. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> pure speculation for sure. But, so it's the weekender. This topic's not supposed to. Have, we're not supposed to have expertise on these topics, right? <laughs> but but the does the zero have the GPI GPI opens? Ah, uh, it has the header board. Yeah, I mean it doesn't have the. They're just they're uh, like a breadboard type thing. Oh, they're just it. bare pads or whatever. Bare pads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, there you go. I'm add one to my cart. I'll have one here and I'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> 
proceed to check out. I probably have enough uh, free stuff on Amazon to get it for nothing anyway. Blah, blah, blah. Try to see if I can do a, a search real quick to see if something says what the Nano VNA uses for its computer. Well, I'll have one by the next episode. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm curly. The power of Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I already have one, but I'm not ripping it apart. So, oh, okay. Well, um, if, if it looks like it can become a part, I will do it on mine first because I already have an antenna analyzer. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's uh, got screws um, to, to pull the screen oh, off. Yeah. So, Even better. Yeah. Even better. So experiment away. Plus, it'll be a new toy for me. I like. I I need a new toy. The VN, I, I really like. I mean, I've only done one thing with it so far, which is use it as a SWR meter. But it's a fantastic SWR meter. So, oh yeah, I see all the pictures and stuff like that. And you've talked about it before. So, um, mine mine just has the two needles. And that's all I all I have on my analyzer. So, right. Yeah, and I saw your analyzer because you didn't you bring it to Hamvention a couple of years ago when you bought that uh, that antenna for your golf. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I use it to tune the antenna. Yeah. That, that works out pretty well. I mean, you know, it's, it's a monster box nowadays, I guess, comparatively. Right. Um, it's not something, yeah. I, mean, I could probably use the, the nano VNA when I take antennas real portable. So there you go. Maybe, I, maybe I have a purpose for it. So I can you just it. created a purpose. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's small enough. I can probably throw it in my ICOM backpack <laughs> <laughs> with my IC703. Thanks, you ICOM America. <laughs> oh, wait, no, they didn't help me to buy that. I bought that myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I, I can't think of any other ones. And anything else we did would just be Googling at this point. So <laughs> I think we need to. Yes, anybody else can do that. Yeah. Um, but I, I had a lot of success with the, uh, the Odroid and stuff like that. I don't know what the availability there is crazy too, but, um, I like those. I like those devices. They were kind of fun. They had fans on them too, so they were a little bit more. Uh, at least uh, thermal thermal issues were a little less uh, than I noticed with the Pi because the Pi would instantly go thermal as soon as you start actually getting it to do some work. So yeah, the Odroid M1 is the, I guess the latest model. Eight gigabit is ninety dollars, and I don't even know if they have these. Yeah, when it came to any Raspberry Pis that I was doing anything requiring anything computer intensive or compute intensive rather. I put uh, an actual fan on it to make sure that the thing didn't just melt down. Yeah. Well, they have these in stock. Yeah, the Odroid XU4. And I think that might be the second one we bought because it looks just like this. I think it's running the IoT network right now at the house for all the uh, my son's experimental home 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 crap, whatever, home automation stuff. <laughs> I came home one day. I was like, hey, none of my lights are working on my app. And he's like, oh, I moved them all to my thing. I was like, oh, okay. Well, thanks. Thanks for telling me. <laughs> and I think he is hosting that all on the, all on that Odroid. So it's still still being used today. Well, I found a, found a website called Hard Kernel that says they have them in stock for $53. Yeah, yeah the Odroid. Yep. Could be a scam. <laughs> It's always a scheme. No, no, Hard Kernel is the place I bought them from. So. Oh, all right, sweet. So I might have to. Buy- I think that that is the vendor. <laughs> uh, I might have to buy one of these then. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, they're just a little different, but uh, they, they should be easy to use. Maybe we should move on. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's probably about time <laughs> to move on anyway. We need to get to the really good stuff. So anyway, I hope this discussion threw out a few extra ideas. If you're one of those people who needs one of these single board computers, or perhaps you can just look on Amazon for some cheap Chinese 
uh, actual mini PC in place of that. And apparently, Odroids are still available for a reasonable price. So, anyway, hope this was a little thought provoking, a little informative. But let's get on to the stuff we don't have to think about. And we call that hedonism. And we always start off hedonism with Cheryl and her recipe corner. So let's go ahead and dive in. Okay, so this week I picked out cheesy lemon chicken pasta. Uh, the Pecorino Romano and Parmesan give cheesy flavor to this easy lemon chicken pasta dish that is sure to please the whole family. So in this, you need some linguine pasta, some frozen peas, some butter, some olive oil, some mushrooms. That is, you know, optional, obviously. Some people don't like them. Onion, uh, chicken breasts, uh, black pepper. Uh, cream cheese, lemon juice, lemon zest, Parmesan, Pecorino Romano, and some parsley. And, of course, the whole recipe will be in the show notes. So, and for my mixed drink corner, I picked out the Scorpion Bowl. And these are typically what you'd find in the... Uh, the Chinese or Polynesian restaurants where they bring a huge bowl of liquor out with a couple of straws in it. So, and for this, you need crushed ice, pineapple juice, orange juice, lemon juice, gin, 151 proof rum, light rum, vodka, grenadine, dark rum, cherries, and pineapple. So uh, buckle up for that ride. <laughs> and of course, and this is a this is a single serving that you I was going to say worked out here, right? It makes for four. <laughs> I, I went ahead and kept it at four drinks because unless what, you're parched, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then you might but, you might just want the the full amount. But you know, if if you go to the Polynesian restaurants, they bring out these big like ceramic or coconut bowl things with two four five 12 straws in it and set it down in the middle of the table. Typically it's on fire and say, enjoy, you know? So, you know, Russ, Russ is a big fan of those drinks too. So. Uh, I do like them. And when they come to the table, my only question is, what are you guys drinking? So <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. you actually but, shared the last one with I, me. I did. So. I did share it, but so that's because I had to drive. So, well, that's true. So, but yeah, so anyway, this this may be something we whip up in the house because I'm pretty sure we have all of this stuff available. Uh, so pretty sure we could make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. So we we might have a scorpion bowl for dinner tonight. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so suddenly dinner just got exciting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So. Well, I'm just gonna roll through my whiskey corner here, or my drink corner, I guess, which will be a whiskey tonight. It is Rabbit Hole Cave Hill, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Um, I bought a bottle of this when I was actually in Louisville, Kentucky a few weeks ago and went to the Rabbit Hole Distillery, which is in a really cool part of Louisville, kind of away from the main street where a lot of the other distilleries are. And it's a really neat building. They have a rooftop bar. Well, I say rooftop. It's not outdoors, although they do have a an outdoor deck, but it's on the top floor. And a lot of their internal workings are exposed. And uh, they also have a really good gift shop, which included rabbit hole cigars and rabbit hole chocolate. So, yeah. So uh, if anybody's going to Louisville doing the whiskey trail or just going to Louisville, you should definitely check out rabbit hole. And the is, distillery- this, what? is this where you got those chocolate bars from? Yeah. Cool. I haven't tried those yet. They're in the freezer. We'll get to yeah. them eventually. 
Yeah, one of these years. Yeah. <laughs> so, as far as the Rabbit Hole Cave Hill Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, I got some information off of their website. Louisville, Kentucky is the home of American distillation. In the twilight of its history, farmers of French and English descent bubbled mixtures of yeast, water, and corn in handmade stills to make a new spirit, American whiskey. Some of these pioneers took inspiration from French brandy and aged their distillate in charged, charred oak barrels, creating what we know as bourbon today. Developing our super premium whiskey takes time. We slowly toast our barrels over a wood-fired flame before charring, a process that takes up to 20 minutes per barrel. Toasting coaxes sugars from deep in the wood, which mingle with the distillate during the aging process, giving our whiskeys unparalleled complexity and flavor. Until they're deep in the marketing speak. Cave Hill is a testament to modern whiskey making. This bourbon gives you an array of flavors due to our signature four-grain mash of corn, malted barley, honey malted barley, and malted wheat. That's right. It's a weeded whiskey. It's a love letter to our forefathers, showing not only how far American whiskey has come, but how it continues to grow. So, all the BS aside, let's take a look at it. It's it's actually in kind of a unique bottle, which I really like, too. It's a tall, thin, uh, rectangular bottle. Uh, really stylish. Lots of information on the label, which I love, including things like the mash bill, which is fantastic. And it's even got little rabbits on it. So... Uh, just the bottle alone is really nice, very different for a lot of Kentucky bourbons. And as you heard in the little blurb at the top, the mash bill is kind of interesting because there are four grains in it instead of three. It comes in at 70% corn, 10% malted wheat, 10% malted barley, and 10% honey malted barley. And I'm pretty sure two of those things, malted wheat and honey malted barley, I have never said before on this show. So it's really kind of neat. It's bottled at 95 proof. That's 47.5% ABV. And as I said before, it comes out of Louisville, Kentucky, where a lot of Kentucky bourbon comes from. The color on one review I read was dark gold. I would call it amber, but you can call it whatever it is. I'm, I'm, I'm actually thinking of just removing the color part of this and only noting color if it's somehow unusual. Because if it's a medium brown, that's... You know, <laughs> then you just have to try and get creative with words. Well, and most of them are medium brown. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. Most of them are. So I think I may just stop mentioning the color unless there's just something unusual about the color. And otherwise, you can just assume it's brown. So, okay. So the nose on this is really interesting. There's a lot of stuff in here that kind of changes, comes and goes as you taste it from... Uh, sorry, as you nose it from one sniff to the next. But the primary flavors that I got were baking spice, bananas, cream, fresh apple, strawberry, cinnamon, and baking bread. And one of those, strawberry, rarely, if ever, shows up in the nose of a bourbon. So I found that really interesting. That might be have something to do with the, the honey malted barley, creating some uh, interaction with some of the other flavors but on the taste you really get some interesting stuff in there too some honey a little mint orange cereal grain mild oak and agave and what i mean by agave is that that sort of woody almost smoky flavor you get in some tequilas it's actually in this bourbon so very different in a lot of ways and there's actually quite a few different flavors on the exit, too. 
on the finish, which actually lingers quite a long time because I haven't had a sip here in probably, well, basically since I started talking, and I still can sort of taste it. So there's a lot of vanilla, custard, a light pepper, toasted oak, and a hint of smoke or that agave that sort of lingers. You don't get a lot of the really sweet stuff on the finish, but that kind of leads you back to taking another taste. So you get all the sweets, the creams, the orange, the honey, the blah, blah, blah. And then you get that sort of drying oak and pepper and custard and smoke. And then you kind of repeat the cycle and it's really nice combination. So I really like this stuff. It costs about $60 a bottle. So it's not exceedingly expensive. Uh, for some, it may be, you know, on the higher side, but I'd say it's really well worth it. And I'm going to give this a solid 92 out of a hundred. So if wow. you, and it's, uh, it's getting more prevalent. I'm seeing it in more places, even places they say they aren't. So, uh, you should be able to find it near you. And if you, they, they have like four or five different whiskeys. I mean, this is just the bourbon. They have other stuff. But I definitely recommend finding it. It's reasonably priced. It's very good. And if it's in a liquor store near you, you should try a bottle. Rabbit Hole Cave Hill, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. And what do you got, Bill? Anything? Uh, no, I haven't uh, haven't bought anything new. And I'm, so I'm still sipping on the, uh, the bottle of uh, Rossville Union. So... Good stuff. Good stuff. Go figure. It is so good. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was thinking about going out and getting something today, but I didn't. I didn't even leave the house today, so I just kind of chilled out. So uh, maybe next time we'll we'll check. We'll, we'll find something new for next time. All right, that's good. So, and I'm gonna have to find something new for next time too. I'm pretty sure there's something on the shelf that I haven't reviewed yet, but I'm gonna have to dig pretty hard. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure there's plenty of bottles in there. Uh, I'm sure it may, it may wind up being not a whiskey, but that's okay. We can review other stuff. So, all right. So let's go ahead and move on to our announcements and feedback. I do not know. I do have an announcement and that is that we will not be recording next Sunday, which is the 18th of September. We're going to be recording on the 19th of September instead, because Cheryl and I will be not here. So so we will move our deep dive to the 19th. So look forward to that then. It'll be at the regular recording time. And then as far as feedback, we do have one bit of feedback. And we'll let Bill do the feedback. Already, this was on a comment on our last episode, 480, from Jonas. He says, thanks for the pipe wire tip. I look forward to doing some audio routing. I didn't have any success with Vanilla Arch and pipe wire previously. Uh, recently, I installed Garuda on a new machine, and it came with Plasma, ButterFS, and PipeWire from the start. All good so far. Still getting used to KDE, as I've never had it as a daily driver. I'm going to stick with it for a while, as long as PipeWire behaves. So, that's great. That's great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still using it, and actually, I'm still on that same system. The, <laughs> the Garuda, Plasma, ButterFS, and PipeWire. And, uh, yeah, it's been it's been a pretty solid performer. It's been updated multiple times. So uh, I don't really have a huge amount of fear (laughs) in it it dying, although, you know, occasionally on the updates, I have seen it kind of hiccup a little bit, but normally it it resolves itself, and it's only because I'm in between whatever (laughs) some weird state machine was in. But uh, but yeah, yeah, pipe wire and audio routing, I think think there's a lot of good things to come with it, uh, using it at that level, and uh, I look forward to it, it improving and the tooling improving as well. All right. Very good. 
So thanks, Jonas, for the feedback. We appreciate it. And of course, if you want to send us feedback, you can leave it at info at lhspodcast.info, or you can dial our phone number, 909-547-7469, which if you can't remember that, it's 909-LHS-SHOW. And we'd love to hear from you, but let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. We've got a few people to mention for new subscribers and supporters and our live show participants for tonight. So we'll let Cheryl handle that, and then we'll go about our business. Okay, so for subscribers and Patreons, we had no new people this week, but we did have several people on Facebook, and it was Paulo Joe, Eduardo Simonana, uh, wow, wow, Somoana, excuse me, Kaz Holland, Ben Hur Eberson, or Ebersonal, uh, Godino, Stephen. I think that's Ebersol. That was a typo. Sorry. But... Sorry. <laughs> like, that's not my responsibility. No, no. I, I just noticed it. <laughs> Stephen Allen and Joseph Hill. Uh, for Twitter, we had KC5CNT and at SeatMech. YouTube, we had Azuka Tago. No one on Discord. No merchandise sales. And on the live chat, we had Steve, KJ5T, and Dan, KB6NU. All right. So that brings us down to the end of the show. We want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to our 96th edition of The Weekender. We appreciate you being here. We appreciate everyone who supports the show. And we also appreciate everyone who downloads and listens every week or every other week or however often you get a chance to listen to us. We really appreciate it. Send us feedback if you get a chance. Let us know how we're doing. And in the meantime, we hope you have a great week and tune in next time for our deep dive. And until then, we'll sign off here and say thanks for listening to episode number 481 of Linux in the Ham Shack. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Ham Shack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at one 909 LHS show. That's one nine oh nine five four seven seven four six nine. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show themed merchandise. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism.